Welcome to Cretech Climate Cast, a podcast series devoted to educating, inspiring, and leading the built world to address the world's biggest crisis, climate change. I'm your host, Michael Beckerman, CEO of Cretech Climate, the leading voice for the real estate industry's commitment to climate tech. Join me each week for 20 minutes as we connect with the world's leading real estate and tech innovators from VCs, real estate companies, academic and nonprofit sectors. Thanks for tuning in and I hope you enjoy the show. Hey everybody, it's Michael Beckerman. Thank you for tuning in and watching another episode of my podcast, Pre-Tech Climate Cast, where I talk to leaders who are helping to decarbonize the built world. It's my great pleasure today to welcome Aaron Dunn Franklin to the podcast. Aaron is Vice President Goldman Sachs Asset Management in the Sustainable Investing Group. A mouthful, but it's important and she's important. So I'm, I'm thrilled she's on the podcast. Hi, Aaron. Good Hi. to see you. Thanks Hi, for spending some time with me today. Yeah, no, I'm happy to be here. Great, great. Let's just jump right in, Aaron, okay? Why don't you give everybody a little sense of sort of your background and then sort of, you know, your role today at Goldman Sachs Asset Management? Sure. So, you know, I've been around finance for, for some time now, probably over a decade. Um, you know, started my career actually probably a little unconventionally, actually as a Teach for America core member in the South Bronx. So um, taught for a couple of years, um, have obviously been very uh, passionate about uh, issues around social inequity and such for some time. Um, made a pretty uh, abrupt transition, I would say, um, and went to go work for a very large hedge fund in Connecticut, um, meaning to kind of Feel like I was rounding it's a big out. Transition. It's a big transition, yeah. So I was I was at Bridgewater Associates for about three years, um, you know, working on a number of different kind of roles there, um, and then uh, made a transition to Wellington Management when I was working on some of their global credit portfolios. So that was in Boston, and um, you know, I would say it was really at Wellington that I started understanding a little bit about um, you know this new world of. ESG investing and thinking about, um, you know, socially responsible investing um, and just started really digging into that space. Um, and, you know, at that point decided to go uh, to business school. I went to get my MBA at um, the Tuck School of Business at Dartmouth with the idea of transitioning to impact investing, um, understanding that I would maybe have a couple of steps to get there. Um, right after uh, Tuck, I ended up um, coming to work at Goldman Sachs, uh, working first in our investment banking division uh, in our real estate group. So, uh, and then within our real estate group ended up, um, you know, I can talk a little bit more about this at, at another time, but um, ended up kind of spearheading our advisory practice on uh, ESG and sustainability. And it was really that role uh, that led me to kind of get pulled in to our direct impact investing effort, uh, which is about a year ago, um, where the idea was I was going to be um, focused on uh, finding investments that would decarbonize the built environment. So um, I'm now in uh, the Goldman Sachs Asset Management Group um, working on sustainable investing. And then I guess I also... Um, you know, kind of pulling everything full circle with the education piece. Uh, I also actually sit on the board. Um, I was a founding board member of a charter school in the Bronx, very close to where I used to teach, um, called Crayo College Prep. 
I got to tell you, uh, it's, it's extraordinary. How much you would think, given all that you just described, you'd be my age. Uh, <laughs> but you're like probably half my age. And it's extraordinary how much you've done and how much you've had an impact. And, you know, obviously everybody knows Goldman Sachs. And to have a company that's so well regarded globally and such an institutional uh you know, uh, impact investor and, and you know, uh, leading brand focused on sustainability in the built environment. That's a pretty, pretty big deal for all of us that, that share this mission uh, that, uh, as you do, I know. What could you tell us about how the company sort of approaches sustainability in the built world? What's the mission? What's the philosophy? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I would say, you know, first and foremost, I'd say Goldman has really been a leader in uh, investing in and financing sustainability for a very long time. Um, But I think we really kind of put a put a nail on it when we thought about um, it was we did our first investor day in 2020. And we made an announcement at that point uh, that we were planning to deploy $750 billion in sustainable investing um, by 2030. Right. And so that was making a 10 year commitment. Um, and that was, uh, you know, really split into two different capacities. So we said we we're going to be um, financing and investing and advising related to the climate transition, but that you can't actually also address that without also thinking about inclusive growth. Um, you know, and as a financial institution, we care deeply about uh, making sure that we are addressing things in an equitable way. Um, so we made that commitment. Um, and I would say, honestly, you know, across all of our different uh, business, uh, you know, business areas, uh, we've been really, you know, uh, delivering on that deployed, invested, advised on $150 billion worth of things related to sustainability. Um, and, you know, and I would say we just keep growing the effort, right? So, you know, my group is, um, I think, a testament to that. Right. Um, and, you know, we're, we're growing in, in size and scale as well. So, um, you know, I think, you know, the way that Goldman really thinks about it, like I said, it's, you know, it's very it's a holistic approach to sustainability. Yeah, it's just uh, it's extraordinary that we have leaders like you and obviously Goldman paying attention and investing uh, both talent and resources into this, you know, this crisis and the built world, as you well know, uh, contributing 40% of all carbon emissions globally, the more than any other industry. I've, I've said, you know, many times that, uh, and others as well, that it's the single biggest, you know, challenge facing the industry, but also an extraordinary opportunity to lead the world. When you think about sort of your investing strategy at a very macro high level, thematically, what, what are some of the maybe the, the, the categories or the tools that you might be looking at? And then also, have you been able to find, have you been able to deploy any capital and invest in any startups in the built world focused on sustainability to date? Sure. Yeah. So I should maybe um, take a step back to just recognize that you know, our mandate is broader than just investments in the built world. So, and I do think a lot of these uh, sectors are interrelated, right? So if you think about it, um, you know, the way our group thinks about the climate transition, we think about five different major categories. So one um, is around clean energy, right? And that also includes things like energy efficiency. So if you think about how that relates to the built world, that's a lot of like 
um, energy efficiency. It's also a lot of electrification of buildings, like things like that. Um, we also invest in sustainable food and agriculture. Um, we uh, sustainable transport, which also kind of has a relation to the built environment. If you think about charging stations and really building up that infrastructure, and then just thinking about the grid overall. Um, then we also think about uh, water and ecosystem services. So one that is not necessarily about uh, carbon reduction, but really thinking about um, things, again, holistically, right? About like biodiversity, making sure that we're doing things related to water reduction. Again, like some of those things also have impact on the built environment. And then, you know, we're also uh, focused on kind of the circular economy and we think about waste and materials. And I would say, I think that is really the area that we're focusing a lot on as it relates to the built environment. So thinking a lot more about um, the construction of buildings, right? So if you kind of break down that 40% of greenhouse gas emissions, you know, 28% of it is coming from operating of buildings, right? But then there's a large component, the 12%, that's coming from the construction of buildings. And so we've been looking a lot of things at, um, you know, we're, we're really interested in lower carbon concrete. Um, there's a lot of new technologies that are related to that. Um, you know, I think for where we sit, Goldman is well suited to help companies that are kind of at that point where it's, you know, it's an inflection point in their business and they could really just use uh, the Goldman network, uh, all of that just to just scale. Right. And so that's kind of where we're investing. Um, you know, we're also really interested in some new technologies around like mass timber, things like that. Um, uh, so, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, there's a lot uh, there's a lot to be done, obviously, in the built environment. Um, we have uh, we have like we have many different investments, uh, obviously, in our um, a group overall we have one right now that is focused on the built environment uh, and it's in i would call it in the clean energy space subcategory energy efficiency um and it's a company uh, many people might have seen the press releases uh called gridpoint and you know they've been around for some time we're really impressed with the management team really excited about um the way that they're addressing uh, a lot of the building stock that i think we are is generally overlooked, right? It's a lot of the the small buildings that are kind of under 50,000 square feet, you know, a Chipotle, a Walgreens, things that you don't really think about. But, you know, if you can actually reduce the energy waste in those buildings, um, you know, if you think about it at scale, that's that's pretty sizable. I mean, Gridcoin is in 15,000 sites already, right? So that's, that's really of um, some magnitude. Amazing. Yeah, yeah, big fan of. I, I, I've been following and paying attention to Good Point. Great, great choice and uh, great company. It seems got a good future ahead of it. So you know what's going to happen. You're on my podcast, and you're going to get inundated with emails <laughs> from startups looking to reach. <laughs> so what you know? What kind of message do you want to put out into the marketplace? So in terms of what you're looking for, I mean, you gave us some great categories. And, you know, beyond the, the technological risk you talked about, but give us a sense for like what out there is the, that you're really looking for uh, yeah. over the you know, next uh, horizon. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I think like if we're thinking about kind of characteristics that can apply across a lot of these different categories, I think things that we're really looking for is a management team that's thought about scale, right? Like there's often, um, you know, there'll be a single entrepreneur that has a phenomenal idea. Um, and then, you know, there's that next stage of the company that really just needs to think about how do you take this and make it sustainable in, you know, 
in terms of making it um, something that can actually uh, last in perpetuity um, and how can it scale, right? And so I think we are thinking a lot about um, kind of the structure of a or an organization. Um, you know, we think a lot about, um, honestly, maybe it's not the most um, like uh, shiny or, um, I don't know, buzzworthy. Right, right, right. Yeah, but like technologies that are really enabling other um, other components of things, right? So we think a lot about investing in the picks and shovels, the stuff that's like behind the scenes, that's that. the infrastructure that's required um, to to really get us to that next transition. Um, so I think that those are key components. Um, you know, and then obviously uh, we want somebody who really wants to work with, with Goldman Sachs. I mean, I think we have a lot that we can bring. Yeah, well, that's going to be everybody, all right? So <laughs> I, I think that's good. I think if we're trying to whittle it down, Aaron, I think you just opened it up. <laughs> sure, <laughs> sure. I just, I mean, like, you know, we're, we're, you know, we're a good partner, right? Like we bring a lot, um, we bring a lot to the table and I think, you know, we've got, um, you know, a, a large array of operating companies and, you know, different things that we can actually um, partner with. So, yeah. I'd love to get your take on, and you and I have spent some time talking together. You were uh, really uh, so kind and supportive to attend our, our, our Copenhagen uh, climate summit. Uh, thank you. It was awesome. I'd love to just get sort of like, oh, thank you. I'd love to get, you made it awesome. I'd love to just get your personal perspective on, you know, the magnitude of this crisis in the, in the we're just talking about the decarbonization of the built world. Sure. Um, knowing about the real estate industry so well, um, you know, what do you think it's going to take to get the industry to really start to invest in some of these technologies and these solutions? And what are, what what have you found is sort of like the core messages that people like me who are out there trying as an advocate, not an investor, are, you know, need to be using to be able to track more people and more real estate companies to, to make this a priority? Like, what, what are your sort of personal views on how as an industry we can uh, more aggressively, you know, focus on the decarbonization of the built world. Yeah. So, I mean, I think I have a couple of views big on question. this. Like, it's a big question, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, one, I mean, being based in New York City, uh, and this might be a controversial viewpoint, but I actually take a lot of um, uh, hope from laws like Local Law 97. I think that's actually been too. very... Um, I uh, I think it's accelerated things, right? And I think um, there is going to have to be some kind of a combination of carrot and stick when we think about um, how do you accelerate um, decarbonization in real estate. Um, I do think, you know, I mean, if you talk about, like we were having this conversation two years ago, um, I think, you know, fewer people would know about things like how, uh, you know, that the, the built world is contributing 40% of greenhouse gas emissions, right? I think we're starting to hear that right. more in the broader conversation. Um, you, you can see it with, for example, you know, when Biden's talking about, um, you know, putting new uh, policy together, they're talking about heat pumps, right? And they're actually talking about, like, right. manufactured buildings. And so, like, people are talking about real estate, um, which I think is important. Mm -hmm. And I think there are a lot of investors who are very dedicated to um, real estate and climate who have done a lot to to kind of um, accelerate that particular conversation. Like I think about 2150, I think about Fifth Wall, and I think like they're just doing phenomenal work. Um, 
and I really appreciate you know what they're doing. I think the message overall that I think is important is that this is good business, right? Like it is a huge commercial opportunity. Um, and as I talk yes. to people who are actually owning and operating real estate, even though I'm not investing at the asset level, um, I feel like that's really important. Um, I think if you talk to them, like people recognize that you know this moment. There was a while in which you could get a green premium for your your portfolio, right? You can say like if I'm if I'm lead certified across all these different things, or you know take take what you will, whatever like category it is, it's going to say like I have green buildings, right? That you could get some sort of a premium for that, and I think we're starting to get to a point where. Um, you know, that is a very short window as to whether or not you're going to be able to get a green premium. And I think we're potentially talking now about a brown discount where, you know, like if you have, right, like if you have a portfolio that somebody's looking at and saying like, look, I'm going to have to retrofit all of this. Like you better believe that that's going to be included in the, in the valuation. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's like the big part of it. This is just a huge commercial opportunity. It's good business. And honestly, you're seeing like, when you think about like materials, a lot of these other things, like you're not seeing, um, the green premium and those particular, uh, you know, components be as exaggerated as it was in the past. I think, you know, they're starting to see technologies that are, um, you know, at price parity, really, with um, more conventional technologies. So, yeah, I couldn't agree more. And, uh, uh, and again, I, I, I draw so much from your insights and your leadership that I agree that I think, um, you know, when I get a chance to talk about this, I, I don't talk, I don't make the moral argument. That's for, that's for everybody's individual preferences to decide, you know, what they believe in and what a priority is. That's different. I make the ROI argument. That's just better business is where the market's heading. Yeah. Um, it's what tenants and residents and uh, lenders and institutions and everybody's, you know, demanding and government. And so there is that, you know, that carrot and stick, like you said, and I think it's just, you know, it's been proven from Harvard and MIT and many, many other studies that green buildings trade for better, better values yeah. and higher rents and command higher on the exits as well. So, and I think you're absolutely right that there is this significant brown discount coming uh, as it relates to real estate. Um, that you know, who's go- you know who's going to rent that kind of or, or buy that kind of building going forward? That's got to have all these investment. Mm-hmm. Uh, made in it so or if they uh, do if they do buy it they're going to have to be pricing it in a significant capital expenditure yeah 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 yeah. Yeah. so so finally Aaron like you know when you think about this as a human being and you think about I mean sustainable investing at the world's leading financial institution uh that's 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 your day job when you think about as a human given all the wonderful social uh activity and investment that you've done with time uh, in your career, uh, are you hopeful that we can get the, we can mobilize this massive, the world's biggest industry to make uh, sustainable investing a priority in the time frame that we need to, and that, that technology solutions will be there? Where, where do you come out as a, as a human being in terms of optimism, pessimism, fear, anxiety, which is I'm sort of, <laughs> depends on the day for me, but. Yeah. I'm trying to figure out how to actually quantify this, but in some ways I feel like I'm kind of like a hopeful neurotic in the sense that like, I am like, I can't help but be hopeful because if I, if I wasn't, you know, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing on a day-to-day basis. Right. Like that would be pretty bleak. Um, But yeah, I'm, I'm actually really nervous about, you know, whether we can, can do it. Um, 
I, you know, there are a lot of major uh, problems geopolitically right now that I think, you know, there's a possibility that those could be accelerants, but they could also really kind of derail um, where, where we're going. Um, you know, I worry about that as it relates to, um, say, for example, the, the invasion of Ukraine um, or, you know, uh, you know, the inflation that's happening, things like that. Like, I, I worry that we might take some steps backwards, even if we could potentially use that as the right accelerant. Um, so I don't know. I, I, this is all I ever really think about. You and I, I mean, I, I do, I share exactly the same sentiment that you have. There's a lot of, you know, sort of geopolitical, social, economic forces that are almost conspiring to disrupt this <laughs> in a bad way, uh, the, the sense of urgency that we must have. But then again, I also, because, you know, you and I focus on technology, mm-hmm. I do lean back in, and this sounds so sort of, I don't know, George Orwellian, but I do lean back in on that technology will be a solution for the crisis because it's not going to be human nature. I just don't think we can mobilize enough people on the planet to, to sort of, as a, as a unified uh, body, there's no such thing that we're going to tackle climate crisis. But in technology, I have hope and faith. I mean, you know, I've mentioned this on like every single podcast, but look at Tesla. I mean, it's the world's most valuable car company. Is it because it's an EV? As my friend Sean Abramson uh, from, says, no, it's because it's just a better vehicle. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, right? I think there's an, a huge component of that, right? Which is that, um, I don't know if you've read the book, Electrify Everything um, yeah. by Saul Griffith. I mean, but I think, um, I mean, I think that's kind of, it, that's kind of it, right? Like if you can actually like get everybody on board with saying like, look, like this is just a better experience. Like you're not, yeah. it's not the sense of um, kind of scarcity and, and doing without that you have been, and you don't have to go that route, right? Like you can just say like, look, like this is a better experience. Um, and yeah, I think we have a lot to learn from companies like Tesla in that regard. Yeah. Well, I'm also hopeful because of Aaron Dunn Franklin, the VP, Vice President, Goldman Sachs Asset Management, Sustainable Investing Group, is in our industry, in our community, uh, working hard to solve the problem and make a huge impact with the support, obviously, of the world's leading financial institutions. So, Aaron, I, I, I'm just uh, I'm thrilled that you came on the podcast and uh, that you are playing such a leadership role in our industry because we, we need you and we need your colleagues to really help us make this case and, you know, to be doing the hard work, which is the investing side, right? Because otherwise, again, it's just, it's just, you know, carnival barkers and talking heads like me, you, you know, you're, you're doing the hard work, which is putting the investment into these um, solutions and helping them scale and grow and nurture. So I can't thank you enough for all that you're doing. Uh, on the sustainability front in the built environment and appreciate you coming on the podcast. Of course. Thanks for having me. And I, I wouldn't necessarily call you a carnival barker. I think you're doing <laughs> humongous work um, in getting the word out here and, you know, creating a community of people who are uh, invested in this. So thank you. You're very kind. Thanks, Eric. Thank you. If you want to hear more about top industry trends, please hit subscribe and join us on this journey to reimagine real estate. If you've enjoyed listening to this week's episode, please be sure to give us a five-star rating and share this podcast with your friends and colleagues. 
To stay up to date on leading climate tech trends and topics, join the Cretech Climate Community by clicking the link in our bio. Thanks for tuning in, and we look forward to having you join us next week.